0: My name is Erin Gillum, and I am on staff with Challenge. I work primarily with freshmen, so it's a lot of fun. So I don't know about you, but the last couple years, COVID was the word that was thrown around a lot. I feel like it's like that dreaded word. At least it is in my life. Like I I didn't really love the COVID years. In fact, um, I'll be honest, COVID was really hard for me. I don't think I realized the extent of an extrovert that I am until COVID. Like I knew that I was an extrovert, but then when the world shut down and there were like, you had to have a bubble and then my I had a large bubble Um, because I just realized that I need people in my life and I really enjoy not just one-on-one, but I enjoy large groups of people, which obviously didn't happen during COVID. But reflecting back on the COVID era, I find one thing that's particularly fascinating to me is that celebrating didn't stop during COVID, did it? And I know some of you didn't get to have prom, and a lot of you didn't have college or high school graduation. Maybe your college graduation will be extra special. But I would assume that your family did something to mark that occasion, especially graduation. You know, we didn't gather in large groups to celebrate like we had in the past, so we pivoted, right? Here's some photos. We did drive-by graduation parties. That's my friend Carrie. She graduated from USC during COVID, and she worked so hard. And then on the right, that's my nephew Nolan, and we did like a driveway drive-by if you wanted to stay. And that's my niece Sadie on the right with the fun pose. I think she learned that from her auntie E because that's how I pose in photos. Um, and her BFF Olive next to her. And I don't know that other little boy, but like, <laughs> and people like made signs and hung out of cars, like things that we'd never done before, right? Because we wanted to celebrate, we wanted to mark those occasions, those big deals, right? But you think about that, like, why did celebrations still happen in the midst of the entire world shutting down? Honestly, I'm, I never dreamt in my lifetime I would see something that shut down the entire world, but it did, didn't it? And so I think that the reason we still celebrated during th- times like COVID is because as people made in the image of a joy-filled God, our hearts are really drawn to celebrating And I think it's interesting in the middle of this series that we've been doing on these unforced rhythms of grace, which is the passage in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Another term for that would just be spiritual disciplines, that celebrating is actually a spiritual discipline. Like if you were to pick up a book at, I mean, are there any bookstores anymore? I don't even know. If you could find a bookstore and you could find a physical book on spiritual disciplines, very likely there would be a chapter in it on celebrating. But it's just not something that we give a lot of time or attention to. So unforced rhythms of grace, this idea of of spiritual disciplines, these are practices that we engage in that help us to grow more and more into the image of Jesus, right? And the more Christ-like we become, the greater joy we experience, the greater joy we have. And so the word discipline comes from the same root word as disciple. So for disciples of Jesus, celebration is one of the ways that we follow Jesus, that we become like Jesus. And that just seems kind of strange to us. Like, I'm celebrating, and that's one of the ways I'm becoming more like Jesus. Like, But it's going to make sense after tonight, guys, so I'm glad you showed up. So usually we think of, like, rhythms or spiritual disciplines as something that's hard to get into a schedule like that. It just takes some effort and some intentionality, and you think, well, it shouldn't be hard to get celebrating into the rhythm of my life. And I hope it's not after we unpack it more tonight and begins to make some more sense to you. But this idea of, of celebrating is really building a pattern into our lives that we can practice and so that our lives, we just experience more and more of God and see his activity, the goodness of God in our lives and experience just his presence and the simple gifts that he gives us each and every day. So though the Bible doesn't include like this list, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 of spiritual disciplines, we, when we look at the life of Jesus, we see disciplines and rhythms of his life and we as followers and disciples of Jesus, as we emulate those, we connect more deeply with God and we become more like Jesus. So if you've read the New Testament and you're familiar with it, there's a man named Paul who wrote a large majority of the New Testament. And one thing he wrote was, train yourselves to be godly. Train yourselves to be godly. So when we train ourselves by intentionally adding structure to our lives to grow spiritually, we become like Jesus. But it requires effort. It requires some training. So it's interesting to consider the idea that we would need to train ourselves to celebrate. It just kind of seems like a foreign concept to us. So how do we train ourselves to celebrate? Like, What would that even look like? Paul writes in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Like if you missed it the first time, remember, rejoice. Every day, rejoice. And in the Old Testament, Nehemiah in 8.10 writes, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what does this look like? Like denying you're having a terrible day, like suppressing feelings of sadness, pretending everything's okay? No, not at all, not anything in that realm, right? Think more on the lines of like dancing, laughing, singing, doing things you enjoy all while reflecting on who God is and his goodness in our lives. So tonight we're just gonna look at a series of questions about celebrating. Hopefully it will answer some questions you have. It was really helpful to me to take a deeper dive into this and I learned a lot that I'm excited to pass on to you guys. So the first question that we're gonna look at is why celebrate? You know, we're told in the Old Testament and in the New Testament to rejoice, right? To rejoice, to make a joyful noise. If any of you have ever sat with me at church or challenge, you know, I can't sing, but I can make a joyful noise. So, And you can too, right? Some of you have beautiful voices. So you don't make a joyful noise. You actually sing. But mine is a noise. Um, And if we want to be people who pursue joy then we need to practice this discipline of celebration, right? That's what it includes. So obviously Christians and non-Christians alike enjoy celebrations, like birthday parties, weddings, like those kinds of things. But that's not the celebrating that we're talking about tonight. Celebrations are not meant to be just a diversion from work or an excuse to overeat or just fill yourselves with all these sweet treats that you would never normally eat on a Tuesday night or something like that. But the celebration that we're talking about tonight is doing things like, like gathering with people and people you love and eating and dancing and singing it, but doing it all while reflecting on who God is and the good gifts that he has given us in life. So Jesus' brother James wrote this in James 1:17. He says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So we recognize that every good thing that we enjoy this side of heaven comes straight from a perfect, loving, heavenly Father giving us good things as his children. We also celebrate because we know how the story ends, right? That we win, that Christ conquered death, he rose from the grave, and he made victory possible and so we know how the story ends even though the reality of our day-to-day life can be quite painful right so james writes a few verses prior to that in james 1 2 through 4 consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete not lacking anything i don't know about you but To consider pure joy when I face trials is not typically the first thing on my mind, right? But joy is something that we as followers of Christ that should characterize our life. And to remember that in the midst of that, that only a God like our God can redeem the pain in our life, that he doesn't waste any pain, he doesn't waste any experience in our life. And that perspective shift causes us to celebrate even when we're suffering, even when the pain seems unending, right? Because we can be fully confident that God is at work and that I don't understand what's happening, but his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. I can't make sense of this, but I can trust him. And I can celebrate who he is, his unchangingness in the midst of this ever-changing world, right? That God is always in charge and that God is always working, whether I'm aware of it or not. So I think it's important, though, as we talk about this idea of celebration, that we look at some examples in the Old and the New Testament because it's scattered all throughout. So I just chose a few that I thought were kind of fun for us to look at. So celebration isn't anything new. It's woven in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you see in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, after God delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians. And he parted the Red Sea, like that miraculous act. Can you imagine all of those people walking through the Red Sea on dry land and they emerge on the other side? And Miriam, Moses' sister, leads them in the celebration of singing and dancing. And I think this is really fascinating when you look at this because they had tambourines with them, tambourines that they used to commemorate God's deliverance. So lately I've been on an emergency planning kick. So I have like an emergency bag. In case there's an emergency in LA, I want to be ready. Also, COVID was not very friendly to me, so I needed to make sure that my jeans that I would packed in there, I could still wear. In the case of emergency, I had pants that would fit. So I like unpacked everything, and my deodorant was all like crusted. And you know, I was like, okay, I need to revamp because in case of emergency, you know, deodorant, toothpaste, like that, jeans, shoes, socks, like I'm reading this article what I need. But you know what was not on that list? A tambourine, right? Like. I never even occurred to me, I don't play music, but if I had a recorder, like probably wouldn't include that either. I mean, space is limited, friends. Like think of what kind of emergency would come to LA. All I can think of was an earthquake, but I was like, I'm from Oklahoma, we have tornadoes, we don't really have these kinds of natural disasters, but I didn't pack anything that would cause me to celebrate. Right? And as I was reading this, I thought, these people were fleeing from oppression and from slavery and they packed tambourines, like wow that they anticipated God doing something that was gonna be worth celebrating. And they were ready to celebrate because they had their tambourines with them. Isn't that amazing? You can read that story in Exodus 15. Looking back, a different aspect of the story. You know, they had been enslaved for 400 years. The United States, that's like double the time we've even been a country, right? That was the time they were slaved and oppressed. And God miraculously freed his people and he preserved their lives. And then he gave them very specific instructions to commemorate his faithfulness in their lives through the annual Passover celebration. So we read in Exodus 12, 14 through 20, it says this. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days, you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your house. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. Do no work at all on those days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it was on this very day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for generations to come, and they still celebrate today. If any of you know Jewish friends, my dream is to go to a Passover Seder, so please introduce me. But they're still celebrating Passover today, thousands of years later, still commemorating God's faithfulness, right? And then we read further in the book of Esther, God saved the Israelites from annihilation, from evil Haman. And the Jews realized how forgetful all of humanity is. And they said this in Esther 927 to 28. The Jews took it upon themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should without fail observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the appointed time. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation, by every family, in every province, in every city. And these days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of these days die out along with their descendants. And they still celebrate that today. And then another example, Hanukkah, right? It's a celebration of the rededication of the temple. So what's so fascinating in Jewish culture is that what began a long, long time ago is still being celebrated today. And we see this in the life of Jesus, right? That he attended Jewish feasts and festivals and holidays. And in fact, his first miracle was performed at a celebration of a wedding, wedding, right? So cool. But it's so interesting that the Jewish people have created unique festive tradition shaped around God's command to remember, right? American holidays aren't like that, are they, right? The American holidays can be, have become so commercialized. Like Christmas, very few people think about baby Jesus at Christmas, right? It's like overspending, overeating. I got to rest. It's stress, right? It's cramming all these events into a really short amount of time. You know, additionally, we are such easily distracted and forgetful people. I know that I am. We get swallowed up in just the demands and challenges of everyday life. And we forget to remember. I do. Every day I forget to remember. Because life is really hard, right? The email comes in, the text, and it just takes your breath away. Like, how could something like that happen? What am I going to do? Or maybe some of you have been working really hard, and you got your GPA, and you're like, no, this can't be. I've been working really hard. It should be higher than this. Or, you know, the financial aid packet that looked so promising back in May is looking pretty bleak now. And how are you going to afford to stay here? Right? There's so many things that steal our joy and that we really have to fight to pursue joy and to own joy for ourselves. And celebrations are such a crucial part of our spiritual life. So important. One author put it this way I thought was so rich. The very act of celebrating anchors us in a deeper story, one that precedes any current hardship or pain. God's narrative goes back to the garden when he formed us from dust and called us into loving relationship with each other and with him. It continued when Jesus became flesh and assumed all of our sin and brokenness so that we could enjoy fellowship with the Trinity. It will culminate in, yes, a celebration, the wedding feast of Christ and his bride, the church. So that reminder that our troubles don't vanish because we celebrate, right? But celebrations can temporarily lift the burden, the pressure of those troubles and connect us in a deeper way with each other and with God. And as we practice celebrating, we will prayerfully be transformed more and more into the image of Jesus. So how do we celebrate? Like, what would this even look like? This seems just like such a crazy idea. So this kind of biblical celebrating that we're talking about has an inward component and an outward component. So inward, we take time to reflect. Reflect on God's presence in us, his presence with us, the beauty around us, the blessings he's given us, right? Our salvation. These really neat, important things. That's an inward way to celebrate. But outwardly, you can still do this in solitary if you want, or you can involve other people. But you know, singing, dancing, lifting your hands, eating, it can involve joining in a celebration that's already planned or doing something spontaneous with friends, whatever you want to be. I think there's so many different unique personalities in this room, it's just going to look different for every single person. But it could be better said like this. Outward celebration is connected to inward recognition of God's blessings. Let me say that one more time. Outward celebration is connected to inward recognition of God's blessings. These celebrations aren't about us. It's an invitation to slow down, to savor, to show gratitude to God. We live in such a frantic, hurry-filled world, so celebrating causes us to slow down to remember. So how do we celebrate when life is really hard? You know There are gonna be seasons of your life, if you're not going through one right now, that the last thing you can even consider doing is celebrating. You don't want to even ponder that thought. There are gonna be seasons of suffering, of illness, of pain, of of loss, of death, divorce, all sorts of things unimaginable to you right now. And every life is gonna have, probably not one of these seasons, but multiple and it's unavoidable. We live in a broken world, a broken, fallen world where pain is a reality, right? However, it is so important for our souls, like soul nourishment, that we rejoice, that we choose to celebrate God's goodness to us and in the lives of other people no matter what season we're in, that we don't get a pass just because life is hard. It does something to our souls that is so needed when we just stop and choose to celebrate, even in the midst of deep pain. So how do we grow in this discipline of celebration? The same Paul who wrote, train yourselves to be godly and rejoice, again I say rejoice, also wrote this, in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, he said, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, it takes a lot of discipline, a lot of self control to continually set our minds on the things listed above. When we choose to think and to live in a way that aligns with God's word, we experience so much joy. And with the joy of the Lord in our hearts, it just spills out, right? It spills out into the expression on our faces, our attitudes, our actions towards people because it's the natural overflow from our hearts. We're more aware of God's presence in our lives and we appreciate the gifts and the things that he is doing So we can delight, we can enjoy, we can savor, we can celebrate because we know it all comes from God and that God is writing a story so much bigger than we could ever comprehend. So as followers of Jesus, you and I should be the most joy-filled people on the planet, right? Because happiness is different from joy. Happiness is based on your GPA, how things are going with your roommate, all these different temporary things. But joy, joy comes from God. Think about what we've experienced from God, that we've been saved, we've been redeemed, we've been forgiven, we've been given new hearts and new identities in Jesus. And this joy should just exude. It should spill over out of us. And our joy really is fed and strengthened as we're in God's word, like what Eric was talking about a few weeks ago. As we're reading God's word, as we're memorizing it, meditating it, and studying, it, applying it to our lives, it changes us. And we are all prone to be just Debbie Downers and negative Nancys, and you know it's just contagious, right? The, the grumbling, complaining spirit. It just, when you're in a, a group and your classes, and someone starts, it's just so easy. Oh yeah, and then what about this? And what about this? But I would submit to you. That when we feel the least like celebrating is when we need to celebrate the most, is when our souls need it the most. It's the most powerful and healing. So, in wrapping up, I want to just include a couple benefits of celebrating. You know, as we begin to practice this rhythm, I think we'll see God's activity in our daily lives more than we were aware of before and in the lives of other people which will, in turn, cause us to praise him and to rejoice. Because remember, we're told, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. But we can just get so busy and so self-consumed, we just miss his presence and his activity in our lives. I know I do. But celebration causes us to slow down, right? To ponder, to reflect, and to act. To order the vente drink instead of the tall, because you're celebrating, you got through that week. Or to order dessert at the end of a meal because you normally wouldn't splurge on that, right? Or to go out to eat with a friend just because, to celebrate friendship. That friendship is a gift from God. That God handpicked each of you to be at this university at this time connected to each other. That's a gift. So as we wrap up, a few closing thoughts. You know, celebration really is meant to be a regular rhythm in our lives, not just birthday parties and not just weddings and baby showers and all, not that. So some questions that I thought might be helpful as we wrap up to just get your mind thinking about what celebration could look like in each of your lives individually and how you're wired and what makes sense to you are these. The first one is, what can you take delight in today that you wouldn't have noticed yesterday? What can you take delight in today that you wouldn't have noticed yesterday? The second question is, what do you have to celebrate today no matter how big or small? What do you have to celebrate today no matter how big or small? So in my life, what this is... Oh, I'll do the last one and then I'll um, tell you a little bit from my life. So how will you celebrate the goodness of God? How are you personally going to celebrate the goodness of God? Because that's going to look different in my life than in your life. And so in my life, this semester... What that's kind of looked like is stopping and thanking God for how I've seen Him at work and experienced His power in my life. So I put two pictures up here. So the first is the one on my right um, is from Trader Joe's. So this was the Friday of the first week of classes, and so I wanted to stop and to really thank God for what He has done. So all summer long, Mia and Clarissa and Sam and I, on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., we would meet on FaceTime and we would pray for freshman girls. Sorry, guys, we didn't you, you were just adopted into the prayer. But we were praying specifically that God would do a great work in the lives of freshman girls. So we prayed all summer long. We would hear about siblings coming, you know, oh, Leilani's little sister is coming, and, you know, or Alex's little sister is coming. So we, we had some to pray for by name. And so then we did these outreach events at the beginning of the year. And some of you may have heard the story. It did not go as planned, right? We had these plans, and and that didn't go as planned. And so wasn't sure how we were going to meet freshmen and what that would look like. And then... Then the first Wednesday come. You're like, it's your birthday party. Is anybody gonna come? Like you invite all these freshmen to freshman connection, but I don't know if they're gonna come, right? But they came. They came and it was so exciting. And so that Friday, I was exhausted, but I wanted to do something to mark, to thank God. And so food is what I normally think of. And so I really love these sweet plantain chips. This is the advertisement for Trader Joe's guys. These are really delicious. I highly recommend them. But I thought, I want to buy something, not just something new. I love trying new food. And so I, I would never typically buy a drink at Trader Joe's. That just seems like, oh, it's, t- it's too excessive. You can just drink water. It's good for you. So I found <laughs> water kefir. Never heard of it. And so I tried it. It was delicious. I, it's an acquired taste. So I don't know. That, I'm not recommending that one to all of you guys. But... then I snapped this picture, and I took this to some friends that are also in campus ministry. And I was like, guys, I'm celebrating. And I made it through the first week of classes. And then the picture of Salt and Straw. So after FDC, I always get my hair cut with a friend who has curly hair. We always go together. It's like solidarity. But Sergio was running late that day, but I was already there. And so I wasn't going to sit in my car and wait for him. So I was like, I'm going to walk around. in the arts district. And I found Salt and Straw. I was like... I'm going to celebrate all God did at FDC, how God spoke through Elliot and the workshop leaders and how you guys connected with each other and how you made it home safely, that there was no trips to the ER and everyone seemed to be healthy and just celebrate what God had done. And so there's my... Because I typically, I'm like by myself, I don't need to get ice cream. You're a grown-up. You can just wait for dinner. And that was actually my dinner um, because it took so long to get our haircuts. But that's the thing. Throughout our days... It's just typical for us to focus on the difficulties of the day, like the group project that's not going well, the professor that just doesn't seem to care at all, right? But the anecdote to this is grateful celebration. And so just finding something big or small, some days you're gonna have to search hard for that. And you don't need to buy something special from Trader Joe's every day. I would say just mark some occasion, like I wanna remember this day. Thank you, God, for what you did. Another idea that you can have is to adopt a joy day. I've never done this, but I wrote about this in a book. So I highly recommend it. Some of you may want to do this. And then you could like say, I would love a picture if it's your joy day. Like wear an outfit you love, right? Guys are like, oh gosh, Erin. You know, like listen to music you love, eat food you love, like do things you love. I think you could even incorporate this with your Sabbath. And so there's ways to just Go about your day in a more joyful day. Like some people, are like, oh, you're dressed up, do you have a presentation? No, it is my joy day. And then how you get to share with people that you are choosing joy today and celebrating God's work in your life. Because, guys, this is gonna take practice, let's be honest. It's just gonna require some work and some intentionality to direct our hearts towards God again and again and again. So keep practicing because training requires practice, and that's what we're in. We're training ourselves to be godly. You know, I would recommend, I think part of uh, what robs our joy is our phones, but I think you could use them for good and maybe set reminders on your phone with some of these questions like, hey, how can I celebrate the goodness of God today? Maybe remind yourself at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday, like whatever it takes. But try to do things that are going to build it into the rhythm of your life because remember... Celebration is training for joy, and we want to be joy-filled people because that reflects the heart of our joy-filled God. So begin today. Do not wait. There's a verse that many of you have heard before. It's Psalm 24. It says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, it's always the day the Lord has made. It's never not the day the Lord has made. So every day we get a chance to rejoice, to be glad in what God is doing in our lives today. So when I think of celebrations, as you can see from those pictures, I, I typically associate them with food. So tonight, we are going to have cupcakes. And they're in the back, but we're not going to eat in here because I know you would have no intention of dropping crumbs on this carpet, but it may happen. So we're going to eat our cupcakes in the little, on the linoleum in the hallway afterwards. Um, and before you take a bite of that delicious cupcake, I want, to turn, I want you to turn to the person next to you, whether you know them or not, and I want you to tell them what you're celebrating and some of you I know have had terrible weeks and some of you are going to have to dig deep and just decide that you are going to celebrate who God is in the midst of not understanding what God is doing and that's okay and maybe you can get a hug from a friend right but we are going to celebrate tonight because our God is good and our God reigns and he is firmly seated on his throne and nothing nothing can take that away he will never abdicate his throne So I want to end in a little different way. I would like you all to stand, and I want to end in this benediction that David wrote in Psalm 63, in verses 5 through 7, and I would love for you just to say this with me and just decide in your heart that you are going to choose joy, and to the best of your ability, begin to cultivate this rhythm into your life, because this was the rhythm of Jesus, and we can become more like Jesus as we practice this rhythm. Okay, so this is what it says. Ready? One, two, three, go. And my mouth will praise you, joyful lips, when I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. So let me close in prayer. You can remain standing, and we are going to sing for joy, my friends. Father, thank you that you are a joy-filled God. And thank you that we can know joy in this pain-filled world because we know you and because you have rescued and redeemed and saved us. And so I pray that you would remind us by your spirit to practice joy and to cultivate this spiritual discipline of celebration in such a way that it just spills over and that people see you in us by how we practice joy. So thanks for the opportunity to dig into your word tonight and to experience something in a way that maybe we haven't before. We love you and so grateful. In your name we pray. Amen.